Welcome back as we continue on in this uh, session on the Eighth Commandment. Hope you had some enlightening conversations and starting to realize the importance of truth and how truth has been jeopardized. So Jesus, he is truth and he is the way and the truth and the life. God wants what's best for us and he wants us to have good and joyful relationships. He doesn't want us to be confused. He wants us to have clarity of thought so we can make good decisions that will nurture our relationships so that we can live life to its full. And we see that truth is such a foundational aspect of good relationships and how much joy truth can bring us. We see that one of the fruits of authentic truth is authentic joy. Once again, we can look to scripture to see how this joy is very real and very authentic. We look to the third letter of the apostle, John, which says, no greater joy can I have than this. No greater joy can I have than this, to hear that my children follow the truth. Not be confused. God wants what's best for us. He doesn't want us to be confused. He wants us to be in the truth. We also see that one of the fruits of truth is authentic freedom. And God wants us to have authentic freedom, not to be the slaves to lies and the confusion and the untruths that we might be living or might be in the world. Now, if I lie and I have to try and hide that lie from, from someone, from damaging in a relationship or my reputation, and I spin some more lies, like we saw a few moments ago. It expands and it grows, and, and I'm not free. I become that slave. It's kind of like if I got a toothache, and that tooth starts to hurt, and I go, eh, it'll go away. And the next day it's a little bit worse, and a little bit worse, and eventually it's very painful. And the, it's like these lies, when they grow and they expand, and multiply, they become very painful. But with the tooth, if I go, finally go to the dentist, there's going to be a lot of pain there. I'm going to have to go through a lot of pain to get that tooth fixed, but once I do, it heals. And now I'm free to eat the things that I want to eat, and I don't have to worry about it hurting when I chomp down on it. Well, with these lies that, that maybe I've gotten caught up into them, once I admit those lies, once I bring them out into the open, the healing starts to begin. And if I don't bring them out in the open and somebody finds out about them later on, how much worse is that than if I just bring it out in the open? So it's best for us to admit when we've made a mistake. God gives us just a wonderful opportunity to go and to do this with him. And he tells us that through him, if you remain in his word, you will truly be his disciple. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We have to be willing to embrace what is true, especially when we've done something wrong. One of the best places to start this is 
in the sacrament of confession. Going to Jesus, who knows that we're going to fail from time to time, but he's ready and he's waiting for us. And if we carry the lies with us, think of how heavy and what the burden is that we have to carry. And think of what happens in the confessional, freeing us from those sins. A number of years ago, one of my sons, I can't remember if he was in high school or if he was in college, somewhere in that age, and we were driving in the car and the conversation must have been about confession, I don't recall, but he made a statement that stuck with me. He said, you know, when I go to confession, when I walk out of the confessional, he said, I feel different. And I thought, yeah, I know what you mean. You take that burden and you lift it off and you have that authentic freedom when we go to confession. And Jesus is waiting there for us. When we do embrace the truth and it sets us free, we start to experience that joy and the healing starts. But embracing the truth is not easy. It's like that toothache. We have to go through the pain to get to it sometimes. So how do we get to where we can give up those lies and be freed from them? We come back to that first commandment again, putting God first in our lives, listening to what is truth and wanting to please the author of truth. Stop ignoring the worldly wisdom and the false gods and to embrace the truth and face the truth, especially when we've maybe fallen away from the truth, admit it and doing it early before there's more and more of those dandelion seeds being scattered around in the air. And then we need to identify the types of lies that maybe we're more susceptible to. There's a whole toolbox of lies we'll go through here in just a moment, but there's usually two or three that are our go-to lies that we go to. And then we need to persevere. Satan wants us to give up and think, well, it's too hard, but we need to work through the pain so that we can get to the truth. And then again, the sacrament of confession where Jesus is waiting for us to forgive us of those times that we've failed and to send us back out into the world. Remember this movie? I think most everybody has seen this movie. It's a wonderful life. And the story of George Bailey. When we think about the impact that George Bailey had on the lives of the people in Bedford Falls, because he was a man of truth and people could trust him. And he trusted other people. He conducted his business at the savings and loan on a handshake. We know the story that Mr. Potter, the bitter old man who spun his lives and his webs and was a greedy man and made it really hard on George. So much so that George wanted to jump off the bridge and give up his life and he yelled out, I wish I had never been born. And so Clarence comes along, the angel. And the Clarence says, okay, I will give you your wish. And the whole world in Bedford Falls changed. Bedford Falls didn't have that man of truth, that man of integrity. And we saw the difference between the Bedford Falls that was and the Bedford Fall that happened because George was never born. 
what a big difference it was, how dark and dreary it was, and the sadness on people's faces. But then George realizes, hey, maybe I did make a difference. And Clarence restores him back to life, and George realizes, hey, all of those things in my life that I was ready to throw away, I'm, I have them back again. And he runs home, and he finds that all of those people he showed trust to came to take care of him and to bail him out from the debt that he owed. And they came into his living room, and one after another, they shared something of what they had. Remember that scene? How did it make you feel? Joy in the relationships that George Bailey had cultured over time. What wonderful friendships to take care of them there. Now, George Bailey, he wasn't a wealthy man in worldly terms, but what was the toast that they made to him? To George Bailey, the richest man in town. Yeah, George Bailey is not a, a real person, but doesn't his story inspire you to want to be like George a little bit? to develop those relationships built on trust in the truth. God wants what's best for us. He wants us to have those relationships. Those relationships are built on the truth and the trust that we live in our lives. But we gotta be careful, we need to protect the truth. So we need to know how we threaten the truth in our lives. We need to understand some of the ways that we lie. And there's a whole list of types of lies in your workbook. I'm going to run through them really quickly, but as, as your action plan, you're going to go through them a little bit more slowly and think about them in your life. Which ones of those are your go-to lies that threaten the truth? White lies, we referred to that a little bit earlier. The white lies that we think aren't that big of a deal. The fibs and the exaggeration and the boasting to pump us up and to make us feel and others think that we're bigger and better than what we really are. We have half-truths, which is like the man who had the 12 children. Gossip and fabricating and plotting can be really harmful, damaging people's reputation. Now, flattery, you think, flattery? How is that a lie? Well, if it's sincere flattery, that's wonderful and that's good. But if it's insincere, if it's false flattery, it can be a lie. Compulsive and habitual lying, where you're lying just to save the truth of, of another lie, and it just becomes a snowball. Some people might be living a lie. They might be living beyond their, their means, and they might be living in a fantasy world that isn't reality. Disclosing secrets can be very hurtful and lying. We talked about euphemisms in the commandment on the uh, you shall not kill. The euphemisms that are flowery words to make things sound good. Death with dignity, terminating a pregnancy, 
these flowery words that make things sound innocuous, but in reality, they're very harmful. And then there's the bold-faced lies, just an out-out lie. So there's various types of lies, and we're probably all more susceptible to one or two or three of these. And we need to understand which ones are in our lives that jeopardize those relationships. So this week, your action plan is to review this list in your workbook and identify those that make you feel kind of uncomfortable. And then as a family activity, go back and read in Genesis chapter 3 the story of Adam and Eve in the garden and Satan and his deceit as he tricks Eve into eating from the, the forbidden fruit. And how, explain to the children that in your lives how Satan's strategy is alive today, how he's doing the same thing today of sowing a little doubt, telling a little lie, making us buy into what is not true, and the importance of keeping God first and seeking the truth in God. So these are your action plans and your family activity. Next time, we're going to go over two commandments together, the two commandments on coveting. But there's one more session after that. So I just want to set that up that once we've gone through all of these commandments, what do we do with them? Do we say, okay, great, now I've got them, I can set that on the shelf and move on to the next thing. No, there's something really important for all of us to be doing with these commandments once we have this clear understanding that we're, we're getting through these sessions. So make sure that you don't think next session is the last one. So these two commandments here on coveting, these are beautiful, beautiful commandments because they hold the keys for obeying all of the other commandments. They're the antidote to take care of how we might be breaking these other commandments. So make sure you come back for that session there. So we're going to break into our group discussions here in a few moments, but before we do, let's close with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Creator of the universe and redeemer of our souls, give us your grace to grow in your commandments each day, and your mercy when we stumble. You are the Lord, our God. We will not have other gods before you. We will not use your name in vain, but will glorify your name in all our words and actions. We will remember to keep holy the Lord's day by preserving it only for worshiping in you, resting in you, and for relationship with family and friends. We will honor our father and mother and teach our children to do the same. We will not kill, but will honor and protect life from conception to natural death. We will not commit adultery but will honor our bodies for the sacred purpose of new life. We will not steal, but instead cultivate a heart of generosity. We will not lie, but rather honor truth in our words and actions. And we will not covet our neighbor's spouse, and we will not covet the things of this world, but rather we will set our heart on building treasures in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, at this time, go ahead and break into your group discussions there with the last two questions, number three and four. How does integrity enhance God's recipe for a wonderful life? 
And how do we increase our integrity? And number four, what's the most important lesson that you learned from this session that you need to teach to the children in your life? Thank you for being here and uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, make it a joy-filled day.